Having said that, turn, if you will, to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12, beginning at verse 2. Luke chapter 12, beginning at verse 2. We'll be reading verses 2 and 3 from the New Living Translation, NLT. Luke chapter 12, verses 2 and 3. When you get there, say amen. Verse 2 of Luke chapter 12 says, The time is coming when everything that is covered up will be revealed, and all that is secret will be made known to all. Whatever you have said in the dark will be heard in the light, and what you have whispered behind closed doors will be shouted from the housetops for all to hear. This is part two of our message titled, Secrets. Father God, we praise you, we thank you, we look to you, the author and finisher of our faith, that you would bless us all the more on this morning as we uh, pressed on and as we decided to not count it robbery to listen and to tune in to hear word from you on this another Lord's day. Bless us, God, as we wait patiently to hear word from you. Convict, convince, and Lord, convert, God. You get glory, praise, and honor to yourself. Even now, Lord, help us that we might know all the more that you are God that sits high, but you look low, God. You're concerned about our every concern. Continue to bless our church, our church family. Lord, you already know ahead of time what is scheduled for this branch of, uh, of Zion. Lord, we wait with great anticipation for your blessing and continued blessings. And we say again, yes to your will, your word and your way. For it's in the name of Jesus that we pray with thanksgiving always, amen. Secrets. Remember we said last week that everybody has at least one secret. Amen, somebody. Secrets like unforgiveness, bitterness, pride, greed, lust, sinful anger, shame, broken relationships. The list goes on and on and on. There is another secret we didn't mention last week, but I'll mention it today. A secret called gossip. Gossip. Uh, gossip can either be positive or negative as in exchanging information about other people. I repeat, gossip is what you have to say about other people. It's what other people have to say about you. And for many people, gossip is not meant to build up, but rather to tear down. Amen. If the shoe fits, you wear it. Gossip is casual or unconstrained conversation or reports about other people typically involving details that are oftentimes 
not confirmed as being true. I heard, did you hear what she said? They said gossip. Now, some of us might have been taught that, well, if it's true, it's not gossip. But the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice or malicious gossip. Malicious gossip, gossip, which is intended to harm or to hurt somebody's reputation. And understand sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes the main reason behind gossiping is envy and jealousy. To be jealous about. Yeah, gossip, sometimes that's the main reason why you're doing it. Because you envy and are jealous about somebody. In other words, just because someone actually did something wrong, listen, does not mean that you need or God has given you the license to go talk about it. Amen, somebody. Question this morning, are you a malicious gossiper? I'm just asking a question. Are you a malicious gossiper? Do you know of any gospers, gossipers this morning. I'm just asking a question. The Bible says in Psalms 101.5, the CEV version, contemporary English version, anybody who spreads gossip will be silenced. That's what the Bible says. No one who is conceited will be my friend. And then NLT version says, I will not tolerate, God says, I won't tolerate people who slander, gossip their neighbors. I will not endure conceit and pride. I've found out that gossipers are really desperate and immature people. When you get people that all they do is talk about other people. Now I said that's positive. So you can say yes, yeah, so and so, and you gossip talking them. But many times, in some people, most of the time, when you gossip, you putting down people. You talking about what's wrong with them, what's not this, that, and the other, what you heard about them. God says that's wrong. Gossipers need drama in their lives. Yeah, yeah. They try to deflect their drama on you. They need drama. They love conflict and are deeply unconfident. And they feel compelled to tell and spread false accusations and stories in order to feel superior to other people. They want to play sometimes like they're the victim. So they do all that they can to talk about you. Perhaps you've heard people that call you up on the phone and say, child, are you standing or sitting? I got some news. I got some news about you. Did you hear about Pastor Pointer? What? Did you see that his wife looked at him and rolled? Did you see it? You didn't see it either. I'm talking about secrets. And we said last week that the most common secrets are about lying, sexual behavior, selfish motivation, sinful desires, and family, family secrets. 
You remember last week we left off, we highlighted family secrets. You know, family secrets can be deep, destructive, and disturbing. All of us have some kind of drama in our families. Pulpit to the door, ceiling to the floor. Amen, somebody. And even one family secret, if not confessed and given over to the Lord, can be passed down from generation, from one generation to another. Are y'all listening to God this morning? Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 and 8 says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever man or woman, for that matter, sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap, here we go, corruption. But he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. So we pick up here from last week's message as it relates to family secrets. Remember Jacob's deceit, his secrets. The Bible says in Genesis 27 that Jacob, here we go, successfully tricked his father Isaac into giving him his older brother Esau's birthright. Jacob used, it's going to make sense in your life too if you listen. Jacob used deceit to trick and mislead his blind father Isaac and to given his blessing, which was intended for his older brother Esau, who was next in line to receive the blessing from their father Isaac. And as a result of the sinful secret or deceit, the story focuses on Esau's loss of his birthright to Jacob and the conflict that ensued between their descendant nations afterwards. Why? Because of Jacob's deception. The stuff you do now, the stuff you allow your children to do now, can spill over into later years. Some things you need to nip in the bud, somebody. You don't need to allow or entertain your children sibling rivalry. You don't need to show favoritism as it was in the text. Amen. Mom and, and, and enticing the son to trick her husband. Amen, somebody. That, that's wrong with that. Amen. And sibling rivalry has been going on for a long time. Am I right about it? Not pointing no fingers in here or out there, but you got brothers and sisters or sisters and sisters and brothers and brothers that don't speak to each other. I've heard of people that have relatives that live around the block or on the same block and they told their children, don't you dare speak to aunt so-and-so. Y'all listen, that's true story. Or somebody asked, mommy, how come you don't talk to uncle so-and-so or grandmom or sister so-and-so? It's because of secrets, bitterness, anger that you carry over and you wonder why the children are so hateful. They pick it up from you. Everybody fights sometimes physically, but most of the time verbally. And even in loving families, there's a whole lot of fracture and splinters. Why? Because we're broken. Amen, somebody. Siblings don't like to share. And sometimes trouble in the family starts because somebody is a troublemaker with a big mouth. 
Y'all don't have nobody in your family like that. But somebody, everybody's family, somebody's got a big mouth. Anybody know of anybody in the family that got a big mouth? I'm shifting it. Yeah, yeah. Everybody out there, do you know of anybody? I didn't say your family that they got a big mouth, troublemakers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Troubles in the family, poor choices. And I've already said that families in the Bible experience drama, as in the case of Esau and Jacob in Genesis 25. And guess what? It started from the time in their womb. Amen, somebody. Mothers, y'all all know this better than me. Sometimes you need to understand that uh, in the womb, children, babies will pick up discord and trouble. Amen, somebody. You've got to be mindful what you do and what you allow yourself. Uh, 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 you can't even consume certain stuff. It'll hurt the child. Am I right about it? The conflict between Esau and Jacob was evident even in their mama's womb. All right? Rebecca, who after almost 20 years of marriage had not been able to conceive, she felt a great struggle in her body and went to inquire of the Lord. Genesis 25, verses 22 to 26. Let's read that. It's important, y'all. Verse 22 of Genesis 25 says, But the two children struggled with each other in her womb. So she went to ask the Lord about it. Why is this happening to me, she asked. Verse 23, And the Lord told her, The sons in your womb will become two nations. From the very beginning, the two nations will be rivals. One nation will be stronger than the other, and your older son will serve your younger son. And when the time came to give birth, Rebecca discovered that she did indeed have twins. And the first one, verse 25 says, was very red at birth and covered with thick hair like a fur coat. So they named him Esau. Then the other twin was born with his hand grasping Esau's heel. So they named him Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when the twins were born. Sibling rivalry starts early. Amen, somebody. And it even progressed to the point that Esau wanted to kill his brother, Jacob. So the mama decided to send Jacob away, hoping that Esau would eventually cool off. I'm talking about family secrets. Some of y'all looking at me funny, but you got some deep secrets yourself. You got some sibling and you've got some family issue, drama, drama mama in your life and in the life of your family. And even though all those sibling rivalry doesn't have to evolve into murder, it can progress into what is called in our present day emotional and psychological abuse. Amen, somebody. You can have a loved one, a family member that just browbeat you all the time. Anybody got family members that all day, they talk about you all the time or they try to put you down all the time. Some family members, you love them from a distance. Stay away from me. Am I right about it? And Jacob was able to trick his father with the help of his mother. But guess what? The birthright. What was going on? Why was he trying to steal the birthright? Well, the firstborn son, Esau, received what is called a birthright. He had the right to a double portion of his father's estate when he died. 
And as Esau, being the firstborn, would someday become the head of the clan, making all the important decisions and managing family affairs. But think back what I said, what God said about the two sons in the womb. The younger will be over the older. God was already telling the story. I know what's normal, but it ain't going to happen. Secrets in the family. Y'all remember that, 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 that the same stuff that Jacob had pulled on his father happened to him. Because later on, we don't have time to tell the story, but he wanted to marry a, a, a particular woman. Y'all remember Genesis 29, Genesis 30, you got you, you to gotta go through that. Unresolved secrets in the beginning can spill over into your life. And y'all remember Jacob reached his uncle Laban and, and he, he wanted Rachel and, and, and he was supposed to serve seven years and, 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 and he got drunk when it was time to be married. And he thought he was marrying, what's her name? I just said it. Rachel, but he wound up with Leah, the sister, because he was drunk. It's tough when you get drunk. I know nobody in here ever been drunk. You see crazy stuff when you're drunk. You do crazy. Can I go back? I ain't been drunk in years. So don't look at me and talk about he drunk. 35, 40 years ago, I was drunk. Maybe longer than that. But I remember when you're drunk, you do crazy stuff. Do I have a witness? Talk crazy stuff. You see things different when you're drunk. You can think you with a pretty woman, a, pre a handsome man when you're drunk. Oh, my God. Y'all looking at me funny. <laughs> I, I told you, I ain't going to tell them, honey, I'm going to tell this one. I ain't going to tell them. I, I, I remember being drunk. It's, not, it's, not, it's just a part of my life. And I'm thankful to God. I'm so glad God saved me. Anybody, I'm so glad God saved me. Saved me from me. I remember when I was about 15 or 16. I told you I got the alcoholism at 12. Terrible. But I remember on a Friday night, it must have been on a Saturday night, but Friday night, I was with some girl. And, and back in the day, they used to call them mooses. Y'all, I'm going back dating. If you didn't look good, you was a moose. Anybody remember that? Anybody old enough to remember that? Some of y'all in denial. If you look bad, you was a moose. Moose. That's what they would say. Well, anyway, since they have a little, I ain't saying that you ain't raised your hand. You heard of mooses. <laughs> but anyway, I obviously was with a moose on Friday night. And on Saturday, when I was hanging out on the corner or in front of the bar, young as I was, with some old heads, and a woman came by, and somebody kept saying, hey, man, did she, that woman wants you. And I'm looking, what woman? And all I saw was some ugly woman passing. I was like, couldn't have been that person. Right, it couldn't have been her. Who? That one. I was in denial. When you're drunk, things look good. People look good. You say stupid stuff. Am I right about it? Well, Jacob messed up and stuff caught up with him. His father-in-law wound up tricking him again now. Okay, you want Rachel, you got to do another seven years. Drunk people. 
get caught up in stuff. You make poor decisions. You, you do embarrassing things, shameful things. Am I right about it? That's what happened. But guess what? Jacob inherited that from his father and his grandfather. Come on now. They, 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 they had secrets. It was passed down. Remember in Genesis chapter 12, verses 10 through 17, it says, verse 10 of Genesis 12, at that time a severe famine struck in the land of Canaan, forcing Abram to go down to Egypt where he lived as a foreigner. And as he was approaching the border of Egypt, Abram said to his wife, Sarah, look, you are a very beautiful woman. When the Egyptians see you, they will say this is his wife. Let's kill him that we can have her. So he tells his wife, please tell them you are my sister, verse 13. Then they will spare my life and treat me well because of their interest in you. And sure enough, verse 14 says, when Abram arrived in Egypt, everybody noticed Sarah's beauty. And when the palace officials saw her, they sang her. She must have been a fine somebody. They sang her praises to Pharaoh, their king, and Sarah was taken into his palace. Verse 16, then Pharaoh gave Abram many gifts because of her. He lied and said it was his sister, but it was his wife. Gave him sheep, goats, cattle, male and female donkeys and all that kind of stuff. But the Lord, verse 17, sent terrible plagues upon Pharaoh and his household because of Sarah, Abram's wife. I tell you, lying and secrets will carry over into your children. Am I right about it? It'll cause you harm. It'll pass down from father to son, from mother to daughter. I don't know if I'm going to straighten it out in this particular message, but I will give you at some point in time how you can deal with it and get relief from these secrets. Amen. And we can only imagine for the rest of his life, Jacob was reminded of the consequences of deceit. In other words, the deceiver had been deceived. Jacob reaped what he had sown. Who is God talking to this morning? You think you're getting away with something? No, it's going to catch up with you sooner or later. Am I right about it? The Bible doesn't say that, listen now, the Bible doesn't say that saved folk are wicked because, uh, what's the passage, 2 Chronicles 7, 14. It says in 2 Chronicles 7, 14, stay with me. If my people who are called by my name would pray and humble themselves and turn from their wicked ways, then I will heal, forgive, and prosper them. I looked at that and had to look at it a double take. It doesn't call true believers wicked people, but rather it turns to, it, it says to turn from their wicked ways. Saved folk can have wicked ways. Y'all missing that. Right up in here, saved, God didn't say you're wicked, but you can have wicked ways. So the Bible says in 2 Chronicles 7, 14, turn from your wicked, y'all read it when you get wicked ways. And then I will heal 
after you've turned from your wicked ways, then I'll turn. I will heal. After you turn, heal, forgive, and prosper you. Who is God talking to this morning? In other words, 2 Chronicles 7.14, when we talk about uh, uh, what God requires of us, if you want to get it right, you can't continue in the same pattern that you've always continued in and expect God to bless you. God is not going to bless a mess. In other words, according to 2 Chronicles 7.14, prayer and humility go together. Am I right about it? Prayer and humility. I heard the preacher say some people don't call on the Lord until they get in trouble. Hello, somebody. Some people, they try, they try to use prayer to God as a spare tire. In other words, they only call on God when they have a flat tire. When life goes flat, that's when some people decide to pray, pray, pray. After all, hell breaks out. When you should have been praying all the time, you don't pray until things go bad and get out of control. They was out of control in the beginning, but you tried to take control when you should have given it over to God. Uh, some people, they only call on God when they're desperate. I'm talking about secrets. And most if not all the time, family secrets, listen, need to be brought into the open where they can be dealt with. Am I right about it? Families can change their way or change the way they deal with issues, truth, attitudes, and actions. Now, let me park here just for a second. There are some secrets that you don't need to only give to God in the family. Hello, somebody. I don't want to get too grand, but there's some stuff that has happened in some families that is too shameful to talk about. Hello, somebody. Are you familiar with the, the phrase elephant in the room? Anybody ever heard that? Well, imagine some people in a room with an elephant in the middle of the room, but no one wants to recognize that the elephant is there. The people in the room talk about a lot of things, but no one ever speaks of the elephant. And sometimes the people are forced, listen, to stretch or strain their necks to see other people in the room because the elephant is in the way. And when people get up, they carefully step around the elephant because they don't want to cause disruption. If anyone would try to bring up the problem of the elephant, you know whatever the secret is deep in your family, others would say, what elephant? Oh, I don't want to talk about it. And the elephant in the family room is a good picture of family secrets. We all got elephants. Am I right about it? That's why some of us won't invite family to church. Hello, somebody. Because there's elephants, and you might be the elephant. Oh, Lord. All of us have issues. But some of us have, I mean, you know, not in here, but in some churches. You got folks that are so busy, they, 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 they giant elephants with their issues, secrets. And they come in here spiritual and praising and all that kind of thing. You're supposed to do that, but you need to deal with your elephant. Am I right about it? That's why some folk talk about hypocrites. And they can't stand it. 
Somebody told me, well, you shouldn't get up there and tell people about what you used to do. Well, I choose to do that because I believe God wants me to do that, to let somebody know no matter how deep you've been or down you've been, God can pick you up and turn you around and place your feet on solid ground. Am I right about Anybody other than me grateful that God picked you up from where you were? We had a pass. Deep pass. Ugly pass. Desperate pass. Embarrassing pass. Don't let me keep on talking about pass because I might tell you a secret. I ain't going that fair far. Secrets. Why do people keep secrets in relationships? I'm glad you asked. Why? Well, keeping secrets within a relationship can be appealing when it's predetermined that revealing the information will create conflict or embarrassment. People in a marriage, for instance, keep secrets because of fear that their partners won't be able to love them through the truth. Amen, somebody. People believe that the anger, shame, humiliation, or, or whatever it was, if they were to tell their partner, the partner would pull away and say, I, I knew you were, you know, kind of deep, but I didn't know you were that deep. Amen. Has anybody ever held back in a relationship for telling somebody something? And still God tells you to this day, you can't share that something. Am I right about it? Secrets. And as I hasten to a close with this part two of this message, I want to give you five ways, y'all want to get this, five ways that secrets can damage or ruin your relationship. Y'all want to get this? Five ways. I didn't say they're the only, but I got five ways that secrets can damage or ruin your relationship. Is there anybody interested in here this morning? And then we'll be done with part two. First of all, number one, secrets create a barrier to connecting with other people. Secrets create a barrier to connecting. Well, you see that? Well, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8, New Living Translation says, Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. In other words, it becomes difficult to feel a shared and connected life with somebody with whom you know you've been inauthentic. You don't want to be around people that you can tell are holding secrets. Am I right about it? You're not that, but you, you don't want to be around people that every time you get the, they holding back on you. Emotional distance. And keeping secrets from a family member often leads to emotional distance since many family members struggle with expressing themselves openly without fear of judgment. Amen, somebody. And that can lead to disconnection and alienation. But not only secrets create a barrier to connecting with other family. Number two, secrets create an atmosphere of mistrust in a relationship especially in a marriage creates an atmosphere of mistrust or distrust Romans chapter 12 verse 9 says don't just pretend to love other people 
really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Couples who lie and keep secrets between each other oftentimes worry about the risk of being honest. In other words, they've lied and been dishonest for so long they can't openly speak because they have to be careful to keep the lie. It's like the man running for president now. He steps all over himself because he forgets one lie and he tells, y'all don't even know who I'm talking about. He tells one lie so much that he incriminates himself. You lie so much when you talk, you didn't forgot you told that lie and you lied on something else. Am I right about it? And that leads to more cover-up of lies. And the longer the truth is hidden, the greater it becomes the hurdle to be truthful. Am I right about it? But not only secrets create a barrier to connecting, and not only secrets create an atmosphere of mistrust in a relationship, but thirdly, secrets can delay, secrets can prevent or hinder your ability to communicate naturally or honestly. When you're secret, it's kind of like what I just said. You lie so much, you don't know what to tell or how to tell. Or who did I tell this lie to? Or did I tell her this same thing that I'm telling him? Or did I tell the other one the same thing I'm telling these two? You don't know. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 says, But people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's spirit. It all sounds foolish to them. And they can't understand it, for only those who are spiritual can understand what the spirit means. We're not talking about so spiritual and high, heaven-minded that you don't connect with people on earth. But you got folk that act like they're so in touch with God that they're out of, they, they, they don't stink. But you still got to take a bath. Am I right about it? Secrets create a barrier to connecting. I'm almost done. Secrets build up an atmosphere of mistrust in a relationship. Number three, it, it impedes the ability to communicate naturally or honestly. But secrets, number four, give place to deceit. In other words, deceit creates more deceit. Am I right about it? First Peter 2 and 1 says, so get rid of all evil behavior. Be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and all unkind speech. Once deceit becomes a part of your relationship, it begins to erode the foundation of your relationship. Am I right about it? If a person that you're connected to intimately doesn't address the erosion early on, either the original deceit continues and deepens or further deceits incur. It's all connected. Once you start lying and holding uh, secrets, then you continue, it overrides, it laps over, it continues down through your life, and there's no honesty about you. And God says, when are you going to come clean? Yeah. Yeah. And it starts with coming clean with him. Yeah. Not only secrets create a barrier to connect, and only got one more. Not only secret fuels or builds an atmosphere of mistrust, in a relationship. Not only does secret impede, delay, prevent, or hinder the ability to communicate. Not only does secrets give place to deceit or more deceit. Finally, as I begin to close, keeping family secrets can cause you to become, here we go, physically sick 
or ill. Keeping and holding on to family secrets can make you sick. Can cause you to feel sick. Headaches, heartaches, stress related. Psalms 32 verses 3 and 5. The NLT says, as King David was reflecting on his own, here we go, cover up, he wrote verse 3 of Psalm 32. When I refuse to confess my sin, my body wasted away, and I groaned all day long. I don't know who God is talking to this morning. You're wondering why you can't sleep? You keep on getting into trouble with other people. Sometimes God says, because you have not talked to me. You're groaning all day long. And verse 5 of Psalm 32 says, finally, finally, I confessed all my sins to you. And I stopped trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord. And guess what? David said, and you forgave me. All my guilt is gone. I said sin is serious and secret sins can be deadly. Somebody said sin is like mold. Secrets is like mold. It grows up in the dark and damp places of your soul. And your tears in secret only make room for more tears and sorrow. You ever get sick and tired of crying and stressing out? Is anybody with me on this? You ever get sick and tired of being sick and tired? Things don't seem to be going right. The more you think it's going to get better. The more it seems, I said it seems, like it's getting worse. God spoke to me just a little while ago, not today, but a couple of days ago. He said, man, why you keep stressing about the church and this, that, and the other? Don't you know everything is going along according to my plan? While you think it ain't going on, God said it's just where I want you to be. And I write about it. I said sin and secrets is like mold. It grows in the dark places of your life. And the only hope is to step out into the light so that sin can be exposed, forgiven, and those involved can be healed. I said everyone under the sound of my voice from the pulpit to the door, ceiling to the floor, you know that I'm telling the truth. You know and I know somebody who is guilty of lying. We know somebody that's guilty of sinful desires. Somebody that ain't speaking to brother or sister mother or grandmother, grandfather or father. But wait a minute. I'm going to leave you, but let me tell you this. I found out that the secrets we try to suppress 
the secrets we try to keep uh, from ourselves uh, are often more hurtful and destructive than the secret secrets we keep from other people. In other words, secrets keep you down. The secrets you're trying to hold from other people is the very thing that's keeping you down. Am I right about it? They keep us from healing. The Bible talks about destiny. In other words, when I told you God spoke to me the other day, he said, all of this is a part of your destiny. The destiny of Abyssinia Baptist Church. The destiny of the people in the church. Ain't nothing going out of control. It's all a part of what I've got going on at that particular place. You're in a place where I placed you. And I know all about it. And I know all about you. So since you know who I am, don't you get all bent out of shape. Because then it'll show me you ain't ready yet. Am I right about it? Our secrets break our hearts. But I'm asking what secrets are you hiding this morning? Who is God talking to in here? What are you afraid of other people knowing about you this morning? What secrets are you afraid to face up to this morning? Are you hiding a secret this morning? But wait a minute, one more question. Why are you holding on to painful and discouraging secrets when you really don't have to? Somebody said, and I know it for myself, you can turn it all over to Jesus. Am I right about it? Matthew 11, 27, 30 says, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear. The burden I give you is light. I tell you, it's talking about Jesus. Jesus, and he's coming back. He'll give you rest. Am I right about it? I heard the songwriter say, all we need to do is have a little talk. Have a little talk. Have a little talk with Jesus. Am I right about it? It says, I once was lost in sin, but Jesus took me in. And then a little light from heaven filled my soul. He bathed my heart in love. He wrote my name above. Just a little talk with Jesus makes me whole. Have a little talk with Jesus. Tell him all about your troubles. He'll hear your faintest cry. He'll answer by and by. You'll hear the prayer turning. God is good. Am I right about it? Say yeah. Say yeah. Say yeah. Say yeah. Finding a little talk with Jesus will make it right. Am I right about it? You've been trying to handle it. You've been trying to figure it out. You've been stressing about this, that, and the other. Don't you know that God doesn't make mistakes? I had to come to that conclusion. God doesn't make mistakes. And I had to be reminded where you are, what's going on, who's involved, who's with you and who's not, is all a part of God's plan.
Does anybody believe that, that God knows what he's doing? Does anybody know that God is still in control? Out there, don't you know? I don't know your particular situation. And you're holding on to secrets. But the secret things are made known to God. He can see a black ant on a black rock at midnight. God knows all you're going through. As we rest on our feet, those who can. This is an opportunity to get it right with God. See, you can try to do it on your own, but that's why you continue to be where you are. But the song writer said, have a little talk with Jesus. Tell him all about your troubles. Am I right about it? The Bible says that all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If there's anyone in this place today, this morning, it's not even 12 noon yet, out there, you're relaxed, feeling good, how's the breakfast? Getting ready to go to lunch? It's still going to be raining, but you're going out anyhow? You don't know what you missed by being in the midst of the congregation. But anyway, God loves you there as he loves you in here. But you know you've got to have a relationship with God the Son in order to have the proper relationship with God the Father. The Bible says all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Is there anyone in here that's never given their life to Christ? You need to be saved. Are you here? Anybody? I didn't say you go to church, no. Have you surrendered, acknowledged that you're a sinner and given your life to Christ? Is there one out there? Second call. You're already saved, but you don't have a church home. The doors of ABC is open to you. Why don't you come? Why don't you come? You need to belong to somebody's church. If you're being blessed by the ministry of Abyssinian Baptist Church, then you need to come forth. You need to show it. You need to become a participating outward not afraid not shrinking back but proud to say I belong third and last call you already saved you already have a church home but maybe you're backslider you're out of fellowship you don't have the joy that you used to have God wants to restore you back to the joy of your salvation out there God is talking to you either one of those calls is that you? Is God speaking to you? Give God some praise. praise Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I want to add to you. Yeah. Praise is what we do. do. It's what I do, it's who I am, 
time. One more time. One more time. Praises rise. It's what I do. Give God some praise. Be blessed. Let somebody know secrets. We've got to deal with our secrets. God bless you and heaven smile upon you. See you on Wednesday. Amen. God bless you. Be safe. Love you. Yes. Hmm. Okay. <laughs>